In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If the disciples were students and Jesus was a professor, the Beatitudes would have come off a little bit different. Jesus takes his disciples up to the mountain and gathers them around and he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those that mourn. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are they who thirst for justice. Blessed are you who, when persecuted, blessed are you when you suffer. Be glad and rejoice, for your reward is great in heaven. Then Simon Peter said, Are we supposed to write this down? And Andrew asked, Are we supposed to know this already? And James asked, Will we have a test on this? And Philip said, I don't have any paper. And Bartholomew said, Do we have to turn this in? And John said, The other disciples didn't have to learn this. And Matthew asked, Can I go to the boys' room? And Judas asked, What does this have to do with real life anyways? Then one of the Pharisees who was present asked to see Jesus's lesson plans and inquired of Jesus, where is your syllabus and your lesson plan? And Jesus wept. Although this little joke stems from the Sermon on the Mount and the Gospel of Matthew, this morning we hear Jesus's sermon on the plain from the Gospel of Luke. I like how the Common English Bible titles it, The Sermon on Level Ground. It's the sermon where Jesus levels everything out. Can you picture it? Up on the mountain, Jesus had been up all night long praying to his Father. As the sun was coming up, fog hung over the mountain, while pink streaks shone in the sky as a new day has dawned. Jesus went to his disciples, the ones who had been following him, and chose 12 of them to be his apostles, 12 ordinary, unqualified guys to follow him and continue on the journey to the cross. 12 guys who said yes To Jesus. And as they walked down the mountain, they stood on a large area of level ground. The word had spread about Jesus' healing power, and a great crowd had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. The excitement was palpable in the air. Today was the day that many would be healed of their diseases. And those who were bothered by unclean spirits, they were healed too. Jesus walks among the crowd made up of people who have come to hear him and teach and to be healed by him. From up to a hundred miles away they came. It was amazing. People everywhere were being healed on that day. The beginning of the scene we get this morning is an incredible picture of humanity, human beings in great need. 
They were sick. Their hearts, their minds, and their bodies needed healing. They knew Jesus could heal with a simple touch. So Jesus stands on level ground with them, listens to their cries, and heals them. Jesus sees and understands their need. He walks among them and he heals them. And it's while Jesus is moving among the crowd and healing them that he looks to his disciples to deliver his now infamous sermon. Still on level ground, Jesus turns his gaze to his disciples knowing that the others are probably listening. Jesus has a word for them, a word to teach them a new way, his way. The disciples and probably some of them, some of or most of the ones gathered have the Deuteronomic codes written on their hearts. The book of Deuteronomy had long lists of blessings for those who obeyed the law and curses for those who didn't. And on this day, Jesus gives them his own version, one that turns everything that they had known upside down on its head. Just as Jesus, just as Luke had shown us thus far with Mary's Magnificat and Jesus' teaching in the synagogue we heard a couple of weeks ago, their rules for living was about to be turned upside down. Jesus' way levels the ground. As we stand on the level ground with Jesus today, listening as he blesses the poor, the hungry, the sad, the hated, we must look at our own society and take a minute to think about our own human condition. I can't help but wonder if we as Christ followers really want to be on level ground with others. Having to stand on the same level as those whom you have deemed less than, even more than, it's almost most too much to imagine, too much to bear. And at the end of the day, not how our world works. We have so elevated the popular, the important, the ones who have the perfect Facebook or Instagram stories, the ones whom are determined as better because of their perfect life, those beyond our reach. It's almost as if we have no perspective or we've lost our perspective, at least no perspective of a level plane. We are either above somebody or below somebody. If we think we are above others, we have to think about the ones who are down in the valley looking up at us. What do they see in you? What do you see in them? And if you're looking up at others, who are you looking to? Whose approval are you seeking? The level plane is not an easy place to be, but it's the place where we find Jesus at work, leveling the ground for everyone. 
When I think about our work as Christians to live as though they are standing on level ground, I can't help but think about the Reverend Absalom Jones, which February 13th, today is the day that the Episcopal Church commemorates him. He was America's first black priest and the founder of the first black congregation in the Episcopal Church. He was born into slavery in Delaware in 1746 at a time when slavery was being debated as immoral or undemocratic. He taught himself to read using the New Testament as one of his resources. In 1792, Jones and his friend Richard Allen, with the assistance of local Quakers and Episcopalians, established the first American church in Philadelphia. Shortly after the establishment, that same year, the African church applied to join the Protestant Episcopal Church. Um, yeah, laying before the diocese. Okay, that's the thing. They applied to join the church and then they asked for three requirements in order to level the ground. They wanted the church to be received as an already organized body because they had already been worshiping and they wanted to have control over its own affairs. They didn't want anybody from up here or down here telling them they wanted to level the ground. And then Jones wanted to be licensed as a lay reader and if qualified, ordained as a minister. You see, Absalom, the Reverend Absalom, was not living on level ground with others. Yet he knew that he was a part of God's kingdom. And he lived in a way that called out the haughty, lifted up the lowly. He lived to the level ground. He strived to be on the level ground like Jesus. And it's on this level ground where Jesus taught his disciples about what it would mean to be an apostle. He knew that what was ahead for them, they would be poor and hungry and hated, and yet they would be tethered to Jesus. In spite of having experiences of poverty and hunger and grief and rejection, as his disciples, the one who were connected to him, are the blessed ones. They were blessed not because of anything that they had done, but because they belonged to Jesus. We can't leave this morning without thinking for a minute about those dang woes that we hear after we hear the blessings. The woes were harsh reminders for the ones who might think self-sufficiency is the way to go, where God might be an afterthought, just something that we would go to when we needed something. Eugene Peterson, um, he's the guy who has the version of the message. He paints the picture of all of the woes like this. He says, but it's trouble ahead if you think you have it made. What you have is all you'll ever get. And it's trouble ahead if you're satisfied with yourself. 
yourself will not satisfy you for very long. And it's trouble ahead if you think all of life is full of nothing but fun and games. There's suffering to be met and you're gonna meet it. There's trouble ahead when you live only for the approval of others, saying what flatters them, doing what indulges them. Popularity contests are not truth contests. Thankfully, Jesus doesn't end the sermon this morning with the woes and say, good luck guys, see you on the other side. He keeps preaching and healing and loving as he makes his way to the cross where he died penniless. Roman soldiers cast lots to divide among themselves Jesus's only possessions, the clothes on his back. Blessed are you who are poor. Jesus died hungry. There's no record that Jesus had anything to eat the day of his death. What we call the Last Supper on Thursday evening may very well have been his very last meal. He died on the cross on Friday at sunset with an empty stomach. Blessed are you who are hungry now. Jesus died weeping. After his last supper, he headed for the garden and there on the olive grove that we call Gethsemane, he prayed and he wept. Blessed are you who weep. Jesus died hated. Caiaphas, the greatest religious authority in Israel, called him a blasphemer. The crowds wanted to murder um, a murderer freed before they could wanted to see Jesus pardoned. And his disciples, his own disciples who had walked with him to the cross, they deserted him. Blessed are you when men hate you on account of me. Whether you are rich or poor, hungry or full, laughing or crying, you have the one to whom you can go and pour out your heart to learn to walk on level ground with others. He is the one that levels the ground for all of us. He walks with us and loves us. The one who understands your heart and all that you are going through. The one who wants to be tethered to you. Thanks be to God. Amen.